and into the light. And on Sunday at at church, Pastor Shane was giving his message, which has been a really powerful series. But he said, on Easter, the message that I'm going to share is, I don't remember the exact title, but it's very similar to this. It's about darkness and light, and light overtaking the darkness. And, and we've all seen that, where when the Holy Spirit's moving, this, you'll hear the same thing in different places. It's like the, the Holy Spirit has a message for the body, or at least for this body. So it was like, it just was a confirmation that this was the message I was to share. Before I, I'm, we're going to start with, start with Jerry's testimony in just a sec, but I have a word that um, I wrote down this morning as I was in prayer. And it goes right in hand with that song that we just worshipped with and with the message. And this is literally from God to you. He said, tell them I love them. I asked him, I said, God, what do you want me to tell them? What do you want me to tell them? He said, tell them I love them. Tell them I love them. And I care about every detail of your life. You turn your face away thinking your concerns aren't that important to me. I do care. Come to me. Let me give you peace. Let me pour out my love on you. Come home to me. When you carry your own burdens and dwell on them, you are allowing darkness to settle in your soul. When you carry your own burdens and dwell on them, you're allowing darkness to settle on your soul. When you seek me, when you let me carry your burden, you turn on light and darkness slips away. Receive my peace. Receive my love. Receive my light. So that's just a little nugget to get us going. Jerry, will you come on up? I'm going to have him share a testimony. Fresh and new from today. Is on? Uh, let me turn it on for you. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I went to the doctor today, and the nurse came up to me, and she says, I was thinking about you a few days ago. And I said, yeah, what happened? She said, well, first I'm going to tell you, I lost a son, 27 years old to a heart attack years ago. She said, I'm my younger one. He's 26. His girlfriend called me and told me that she was taking him to the hospital. He had severe chest pains. Uh, she says, I got in the car and I started going. My mind started going. I was full of anxiety and fear and worry. And she says, I remember your words. I could hear your voice. She said that. But you told me that. Lord, this is too much for me to handle. I'm going to put it in your hands. So she says, I said that. By the time I got to the hospital, she said, I was just as calm and had peace. And um, went in. And she says, other than the five hours we spent in the recovery, I mean the emergency room, all this test came back negative. He was fine. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Just stay right there for a second, Jerry. I, first of all, praise God. We worship him. We give him glory. And this son was 26. But what, of course, the result blessed the heck out of me, but really, really impacted me is that here is a man who, when he's at the doctor, he's the light. We're talking about darkness and light today. He carries the light. We all do. As he is, so are we in this world. And so when he's in the doctor and he's been getting chemo and he's been sitting in that room, right? Some of you have been there. And when he's there, he is light. He's not there in fear. He's there in peace. He's talking to the nurses. He's sharing with them. That nurse 
when she was in a crisis, you can all agree that if you heard that news, you would be in a crisis. She was in a crisis, and she said, I heard your voice. She was hearing God's voice through him. She was hearing the light. She was seeing and hearing and uh, experiencing the light of God. And in the midst of hearing his voice in that situation, all of a sudden she was flooded with peace. That's supernatural. That's God. That's totally supernatural. And she went into that, instead of going in with all of the intense fear and, and that situation, she went in with peace, and her son had an excellent report. So I just, I was so excited to see the ripple effect, literally, the ripple effect of, of, of somebody who's come to know truth and carries it and gives it away. And, he, you know, he probably didn't even realize what he was saying or the impact that it would have. And then, and then she tells him that today. So while he's in there, he's telling her more. It opened the door. She might even come to Jesus Christ. Yes, amen. He's passing out cards, and she's saying, I think I might come. Amen, amen. And yes, Cindy did like it. So praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, go ahead and get out your handout. Um, we're going to start with Colossians 1.13, so let's just go right ahead and get started. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Love the scripture. Out of darkness and into light. When God gave me this teaching, I was on the treadmill. (laughs) And I was praying over my kids. I do that a lot. And one of the scriptures I pray is one of the foundation scriptures that we're going to use for this teaching, which is... um, 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And as he gave me this, this message, these were the two scriptures, the fear one and this one. So let's just stop for a minute. God says in this, in this scripture, he said that he has drawn us to himself. That's what was happening to that woman today, Jerry. She was literally being drawn to God through the light, through the word, through the truth that you spoke. He draws us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. Now, in order for us to move from one position into, a new, into the new one, we have a choice to make. We have to receive Jesus. We have to receive him as our Savior, as our Lord, ultimately. Not to say that he can't work in any of us and draw us to himself. But that ultimate re, repositioning from darkness to light happens when we receive Jesus. Drawn out of darkness and in to the presence, into the light, into the kingdom of the Son of His love. What I'm going to start with today is a piece of my testimony that I don't share here very frequently, but God uh, just put a supernatural uh, event in my life that has taken this scripture and made it huge in my life, huge in my heart. Um, I try to think, okay, how am I going to do this in a nice, short, concise way? Um, you know, I was diagnosed of, with cancer 13 years ago. Um, it was February 13th was the day that I got the stage 4 diagnosis. And on that day, along with the diagnosis, came that darkness in a major way. The oppression, the darkness, the fear. I, the analogy that I use is that it felt like one of those lead blankets they put on you when you go to the dentist. 
and it's just heavy on you, that's what that oppression felt like. That's what that darkness felt like, and it just didn't lift. Jerry said, me too. A lot of us, if you've experienced that blanket, yeah, yeah. So I had that, and then immediately after the fear, after the diagnosis, after the fear came symptoms and pain. Bam, bam, bam. Within a day, within two days, all of that came. On February the 19th, six days later, I had asked Jenny, you guys know Jenny, the woman who led me to the Lord. She was a teacher in my school. I had emailed her because I was, I was away for a long weekend. I emailed her and asked her for scriptures about healing. I didn't know. I knew she knew because she had come to me the week before um, telling me a little bit about uh, a healing meeting that was going to be going on at this church. So I didn't know who else to ask, so I asked Jenny, and she sent me a few scriptures. So my first day home from that long weekend, I opened my Bible to those scriptures. They were a series of scriptures about healing. And as I read those scriptures, the first part of this, this started to happen. God was drawing me to himself through the word. Now, I wasn't saved, but he was supernaturally drawing me. And I loved what I was reading. I had never read those scriptures before. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'd never read the scripture that said that, that he, um, he became the curse for me on the cross. There were just numerous scriptures that she gave me and a few accounts like the woman with the issue of blood, a couple of accounts of healing. So I read them, and I was like, this is awesome. It was early in the morning. I, was, I got up way before dawn. It was probably 5 o'clock in the morning in February, so it was way before dawn. Went in my study, and I typed those scriptures up on the computer really quick, really quick, because I didn't want to have to open that big Bible and look them up. That was too much work because I'd never opened my Bible before, so it took me a long time. After I had um, typed them in, I clicked Save. And then the supernatural started. Um, On Microsoft Word, when you click save, the first line of your text goes into the text box. But that's not what happened. The line of text that went in that box said, messages from God. And I was sitting at my computer, and I saw messages from God in that little box. And I just stared at it. And I had this complete sense of reverential fear. You know, the, this, when you read the Bible about when people have had angel visitations, like Angel Gabriel for Mary, and when the shepherds were told about the baby Jesus, they were just overwhelmed with fear. That's how I felt when I saw messages from God on my computer screen. And I was just sitting there, like the breath taken out of me. And at that moment, the electricity went off in my house. And everything went as black as black can be. I mean, literally the darkest dark I think I've ever experienced. It was, again, early in the morning, and, and, and it was just completely, completely pitch black. And again, I was in this place of knowing it was something spiritual, but I didn't know what. In my neighborhood, the electricity doesn't go off. It's an underground electrical lines, and there was no storm, there was no wind, there was no rain. There was no reason for the electricity to go off. So I'm sitting there in the room in pitch black in reverential fear like crazy. The electricity was only off for a very short time, a minute or two, but it seemed like a very long time. And it came back on, and my computer recovered the document. I clicked save. <laughs> it's still there under that name. And, um, and I went, I you know, got, got up and got ready for work. And I went to school 
And the first thing I did was I went and searched out Jen. And I told her what had happened. I mean, I was just dumbstruck. Like, I can't help me understand this. You know, I was just dumbstruck. And she kind of didn't even go there. She didn't even talk about that experience, about the, the messages from God and the electricity going off. But she started to tell me truth. And she told me three nuggets of truth. She said, Cindy, it's not, your, it's not God's will for you to have cancer. It is not God's will for you to have cancer. She said, God didn't give you cancer. The enemy did. And she said, Jesus died for your healing at the same time that he died for the forgiveness of sins and your eternal life. I mean, three sentences. Those were her first three sentences. Three things I had never heard in my life. And then she said, are you saved? And at that moment, I said, well, I I think so. (laughs) You know, I've gone to church my whole life. I'm a good person. You know, you've heard my my story before. And um, she didn't argue. She just said, do you want to be sure? I had just had this this experience in the morning where God was (laughs) just getting my attention in a major way. I had a death sentence from the doctor. You know, they gave me six to nine months to live. I wanted to be sure. She said, do you want to be sure? Yes, I wanted to be sure. So she went to her school desk, and she got a Bible, and she opened it to Romans chapter 10, and the scripture's up on the screen. This is a very common scripture. She handed me her Bible, and she said, read it out loud. And I read it. That if you confess with your mouth the Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I had never read that scripture before. It was so clear to me. It says here, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that you believe and you'll be saved. And then she led me in a prayer of salvation. That was the day that my life changed. Within a very short time, the fear lifted. The oppressive fear lifted. Within a very short time, the the doctor's reports that had gone down, 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 started to go up. I started to have uh, inconclusive reports. And to make a very long story short, within six months, I was completely healed. Now, what I want to share with you right now, go back to that scripture. I mean, it's the next one on there. I put it on there twice. This is the scripture from Colossians. This happened to me in such a real way. The Father delivered me and drew me to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of the Son of his love. He showed me so visibly the difference between darkness and light. When I look back at that day, and I've thought about it a lot, I mean, I can literally feel where I was and what it felt like that morning when, when I had the light of the word and the messages from God. And then I had the dark, darkest darkness I had ever experienced in my life. He just showed me the contrast in such a visible way between light and dark. And I chose light. I chose light, and just like our song, the words in our song, he gave us the way to enter in through his love, through his grace, through the death and resurrection of Jesus. He gave us the way to enter in. That is the potential for every 
everybody, every human being, the potential is to enter in. The potential is to be transferred out of darkness and into the light, out of the control and the dominion. The enemy's still here, but he has no more control or dominion over me as a believer because I have the inheritance of the king. Would you turn with me now to 2 Timothy 1.7? Because this is our second foundational scripture, and this is what we're going to focus on the rest of the, this evening. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For you have not given me, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So this scripture has two parts, two clauses. The first one says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. On that side of the comma, you can put, at least I do, you can put fear and everything else that is in the kingdom of darkness. Fear, lack, uh, worry, anxiety, depression, uh, anything that is part of the kingdom of darkness, timidity, stress, strife, anything that's in the dominion of darkness can go on that side of the comma. It's like fear in all of its babies. All of the yuck of the enemy is on that side of the comma. And God didn't give it to us. That's from the enemy. But, and then there's a comma and the word but. And whenever you have the word but in a scripture, it's like, okay, this is what he does give you. This is the opposite. But he does give us power and love and soundness of mind. And on that side of the comma is light. On the left side is darkness. On the right side is light. Out of darkness and into light. And he gives us every last thing that we need to overcome the darkness, to overcome and to be in, in, to exercise the authority that he's given us over the darkness. Okay. Darkness isn't simply the absence of light. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Darkness is simply the absence of light. Darkness is simply the absence of light. You can't get rid of darkness by shoveling it out of the room. However, if you turn on the light, it'll flee. So let's just take that scripture for a minute. The fear and all the good stuff of God, the power, the love, and the sound mind. You can't take the fear and just say, okay, I am going to purpose to shovel this out of my life. I'm just going to get it. I'm going to take a shovel. I'm going to just, it's dung. I'm going to get it the heck out of my life. That's not the way it works. God gives us what we need to turn on the light. And when we turn on the light, the darkness slips away. Now, if you are in a dark room, a dark, dark, dark room, and you have a candlelight, it'll be light. And it will, darkness will slip away, but it's still going to be pretty dark. I probably couldn't read. (laughs) But if you have a floodlight, if you have bright, bright lights, Darkness is gone. And what we're going to talk about tonight is turning on the light and turning up the light to a great degree. I was ministering to a girl this week. And as I was praying, this is what I saw. I saw a light that was so bright. And it was like when you're driving a car into the sunset or the sunrise. When the sun is between your visor and the dashboard, and you can't get it out of your sight, and you, it literally blinds you, it's so bright. That was the degree of brightness of the light that I saw when I was praying for this girl. And what God was showing me, I believe, is that she has a lot of darkness that's getting in the way in her soul, that she's letting, 
Remember, we're spirit, soul, and body. Our spirit has that light. But our soul gets all sorts of other garbage in there. But I believe what he was showing me was, and this is what we did in the ministry time, we were literally taking those things and getting them out and letting that light be bright. Because when you turn up the light, darkness just gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until it isn't even there. So let's look at what God gives us to turn up the light. We're going to look at those three areas. And the first one is the power. God gives you power. The power of the Holy Spirit. Last week I gave you just a little nugget that said that he gives us the fullness of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the love of the Father, and the soundness of mind that comes through the Word. So we're going to take that tonight and we're just going to expand it. He gives you the power of the Holy Spirit. That word power is the word dunamis. It means miracle working power. It also means moral power. It also means excellence of soul. So maybe that darkness in your life that's on the left side of the comma in the Timothy scripture, maybe it's depression or oppression. God gives us power, which includes excellence of soul, not messed up soul, not depression or oppression or anxiety or panic attacks. He gives you the power of the Holy Spirit to have excellence of soul. Turn with me to John 14, please. We are going to talk about two, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Two dimensions of the Holy Spirit. The first one is the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit within us. So this is John 14, verses 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, Jesus is speaking, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take to its heart, because it doesn't see him or know him or recognize him. But you know him and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. The Holy Spirit within. This is referring to the Holy Spirit. In verse 16 of the scripture, um, this is the Amplified Translation. And the, the word in the, um, in the original language is, is helper. But when you take that word and look at the Greek, it, it breaks it out into all of these. He's our strength, our standby, our advocate, our comforter, our counselor, and all of the things that are up there, our helper. It says, Jesus says, I'm with you now and will be in you. The spirit of God will be in us. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit in us, there's many, many dimensions of the purpose of the Holy Spirit within us. I'm going to share three. And I know there's more, but these are all biblically based. There's more than this in the Bible, but these are the three I want to share with you today. The first purpose of the Holy Spirit within you is to develop and strengthen you. Now, if you are in the battle for anything, you need strengthened, right? We need, I know I do, every day of my life, I hunger to grow in my walk with God, in my knowledge of him. I many times say, God, I need you. Like Jerry said, I need you. I depend on you. 
Turn with me to Jude, right before Revelation. We need him, and the Holy Spirit within us fills that need. Jude 1, verse 20. But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. So this scripture, first of all, is talking about being edified, being built up higher and higher, making spiritual progress. The word edification or edify comes from that word that is a, um, a, a word that describes an immense building or skyscraper, um, an architectural giant, an edifice. That's what's happening to us with the Holy Spirit in us. Notice at the end of the scripture, it says, as you pray in the Holy Spirit. I am not teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight, but I can't help but talk about it when I talk about the power of the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit refers to being filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in that that prayer language, praying in tongues. And as you pray in the Holy Spirit, you are strengthened, you are built up, you are lifted higher and higher in that place of of developing your walk and your talk with God. So that's one of the purposes of having the Holy Spirit within you, is to grow you up, to give you strength. If you're in any kind of a battle, or even if you're not, we need the strength of God to carry us into that place that he wants us to be in. The second purpose that I'd like to share is that he teaches us. Fran referred to this this morning as she was praying. He teaches us all things. Go back to the book of John. I should have had us hold our place there. 14. He teaches us and he brings to our remembrance what we need. John 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Oh, I love that one. We need a teacher. We need that, that, that help. How many times have we opened the Word and he has shown us the doctrine from the Word that has led us to that place that we need right then? He teaches us. He also brings back to our remembrance. He does it all the time. Many times when we're, when we're praying for you, we, we use scripture or we lead, we lead you to a truth in scripture. That's because the Holy Spirit has brought it to our remembrance to share with you. That's not because we're super scholars and we have them all memorized. That's the Holy Spirit giving them to us to give to you. And he does the same thing to you. He brings those to your remembrance to help you during that time of need. Another purpose of the Holy Spirit within you is to reveal the deep things or the mysteries of God to you. Revelation knowledge. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians verse 2. Or chapter 2. Starting with verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Now, before I go on, the word them, if you go back to verse 7, it talks about what 
that pronoun is referring to. It's talking about the wisdom of God. It says we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. So it's talking about the wisdom of God, the mysteries of God, the deep things of God. In this um, uh, era, we call it revelation, where God reveals his, his, his heart to us or his mind to us. Revelation. Okay, now I'm going to keep reading. But God has revealed that wisdom to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of God, the things of a man, except the spirit of the man which is in him? So let me just stop for a sec. Who knows my thoughts except me? Unless I tell you. I mean, you guys can't know my thoughts. Because they're mine. They're in my, they're in my, my, my thinking, my mind. And then he, the scripture says, even so, the same way, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So being, we have the Holy Spirit within us, along with our own spirit. We know our own thoughts. We also can know the thoughts of God as he reveals them to us because we have the spirit within us. It's an amazing a gift of having the Holy Spirit within us is the revelation that he can reveal to us his heart and his mind. So the first uh, amazing uh, gift or whatever you want to call it of having the Holy Spirit is that sit within us to strengthen us, to grow us. And if you're in any position to live any breath of life, you benefit from this fullness of having the Holy Spirit within you. But there's even more. There is also the Holy Spirit upon you. Turn with me to Acts 1.8. Another dimension of the power of the Holy Spirit is his power upon you. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. So as we have the Holy Spirit upon us, it's for the purpose of power upon us so we can witness. It's what Jerry did. Oh, where Jerry went. <laughs> but that's what Jerry did. The Holy Spirit upon him enabled him to, to witness and enabled him to be that light. And to know, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it just happens. Now, sometimes, yes, we, we purpose. Sometimes we take a step big out of our comfort zone and we just speak out God's word. But sometimes it's just, it just like comes out of us. But either way, whether you take that step on purpose or whether it just comes out of you, that is the power of the Holy Spirit upon you to witness. Now, the next scripture that I've, I've written down, I think I wrote it on your paper. I just did this for fun because this one just tickles me. This is, this is from the Message Bible. Paul is talking to the, the people of, of Corinth, and he says, Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses, chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies? 
The point that I wanted to make by sharing that scripture is that it doesn't have anything to do with us. It has to do with him in us. And the little quote I wrote here is, he qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies us. We don't have to be any superstar. With the Holy Spirit upon us, he qualifies us. I can't begin to tell you the depth of how much I know this. There is no way that Kent and I could be doing what we're doing without the Holy Spirit. We are not qualified. We are not qualified in the natural, but the Holy Spirit does it through us. He has gifted us. He does it through us. I, I know the anointing just is heavy. I'm, I'm, on my, my gift of teaching. It's not Cindy teaching. It's the Holy Spirit through me. It is such an amazing, amazing gift. But I give God all the glory. I know it's the Holy Spirit and His anointing. Uh, an example that I've used before that's just a really cool one is that we were created to be power assisted. So if you think of a, a, the power steering on a car, in our day and age, every car has power steering, but some of you may remember cars that didn't have power steering, or maybe your power steering went out. When you have power steering, it's so easy to steer. You can do it with one hand, one finger, your leg. <laughs> it's easy, right? But if your power steering has ever gone out, and mine has before, to steer, it's like, oh my gosh, you can hardly pull the wheel around. It's so hard. You can steer without power steering, but it's really hard. With power steering, it's an ease. The same thing with the power of the Holy Spirit. You can get through life without the Holy Spirit, but you're doing it the hard way. With the Holy Spirit, with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, He enables you to live a, a Spirit-led, Spirit-driven life. It's awesome. Now, I have on your, on your paper a link to a video teaching that goes into great depth about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the biblical evidence of praying in tongues. And um, I, I didn't want to leave you without some more information, some more good biblical teaching. If you want more, it's here. Or if you want to refer others to it, it's here. And just for the video, I'm just going to say our website really quick so you can go there and find it. If you're watching the video, it is JesusChristHealsToday.com. And go to the media tab, and all of our videos are on there. The title of the teaching is Living in the Fullness of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the first awesome gift that God gives us to walk in the light is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the second is the love of the Father. That word love from the scripture, from the second Timothy scripture, is agape. Agape love is God's love. God just doesn't have this character of love. It's not like something that he wears on the outside, like, you know, sometimes I'm happy and sometimes I'm sad. That's not the love of God. The love of God is who he is. It's not a, a, a feeling that he has. It's who he is. That's what agape love is. The love of God. Would you turn with me to 1 John chapter 4? Last week we shared this scripture. This is the scripture that really clearly defines in the Bible 
that the love of God, knowing the love of God, casts fear out. Remember, turn up the light and darkness slips away. The love of God is one of those amazing light givers that diminishes and extinguishes fear. So first, John, I have to go there. Four. Verse 17. In this union and communion with him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us. Mm. The union and communion with God, love is brought to completion and attains perfection. The title of this is the consummation of God's love. The consummation of God's love. Just like a marriage is consummated through intimacy, through that union and communion with your spouse. The Bible says that when we have union and communion with God, that our love grows, that love is brought to completion and attains perfection within us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him, because as he is, so are we in this world. And then the next scripture goes on. It says, there's no fear in love. There is no fear in love. When you turn up the light of love, there is no fear. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. As we experience the love of God, as we experience the love of God, as we encounter the love of God, fear is extinguished. This is one of those tools we talked about to overcome fear. Receive his love. Speak out loud about his love for you. Go to scriptures. We're going to do this at the end of our session today. We're going to um, uh, use the Father's love letter video to just let the scripture of the love of God just minister to our hearts. And as we do that, as we allow the love of God to saturate our soul, the light is turned up and the darkness of fear is extinguished. Turn with me to Galatians 5, please. Galatians 5, verse 6. Galatians 5, verse 6. For in Christ, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Okay, let me stop here for just a second. First, let me give you the, the point I'm going to make. And that is that the power of faith comes through the love of God. The, the light to believe. It says faith works through love. The power of faith works through the love of God. So let me go back and talk about this for a minute. At the beginning of the scripture, it talks about there's neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. Neither of those things avail anything. So circumcision is the law, the rules, the, the do this right, don't do this wrong. Because if you do it wrong, God's not going to bless you. That's circumcision. And then the uncircumcision is I believe in grace. 
I know that God is good. But none of those things work. The word avail is, um, let me look it up. I wrote it down, is the power. It's not the same as um, dunamis, but it's similar. It's a power word. It says the power isn't there. The power is in the love. The power is in the love. And the love is the love of God. The power is in the love of God. That's what allows you to receive the grace. That's what allows you to say, I don't, I'm not, I'm not under condemnation. It's the love of God. If you didn't know the love of God, nothing else would, would make sense to you. You could say it, you could speak it, but until you experience it, you don't know it. So how do you experience it? Speak out loud of His love. Go into that place of praise and worship. Go into that place of his presence, reading his word, prayer, soaking in that presence of the Lord. He loves it. He loves it when we are there with him. The love of God is powerful. Faith works through love. Faith works. The power comes through the agape love of God, and that word love is agape. Turn with me to Romans 5. The love of God. Let's look at a picture of his love. Romans 5. When someone loves you, they don't just say they love you. When someone loves you, they don't just feel they love you. They don't just have the emotions. When somebody loves you, they also demonstrate. They also show you with their actions that they love you. And this is an example of that with our amazing Father God. Romans 5, verse 6. For when we were still without strength, I'm going to read it from another version. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is a demonstration of the love of God. We didn't have to be perfect. We couldn't be perfect. He saw us before we were even born and everything that we would mess up in, and he died for us anyway. He demonstrated his amazing love for us in that he died for us. Hallelujah. 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 And then Romans 8, starting with verse 35. Who shall ever separate us from Christ's love? Shall suffering and affliction and tribulation or calamity or stress or persecution or hunger or destitution or peril or sword? And now fill in the blank. Or fear or anxiety or stress or strife or lack or sickness. Anything that's in the realm of darkness. Anything that's on the left side of the comma. Will any of that stuff separate us from the love of God? No. And then it goes on, verse 37. Yet amid all these things, even amid all that dark stuff, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. Faith works through love. With the light of love. With the light that God 
turns on in us with his love, we are more than conquerors. And we gain a surpassing victory. When the light goes on, darkness slips away. Darkness is extinguished. For I am persuaded and beyond doubt, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Turn on the light. Turn on the light of the love of God. Receive his love. Receive his love. Meditate on his love. Get your mind renewed with his love. Get the scriptures about the love. I'm going to give you a beautiful example of that in a minute. There's a, there's a compilation of beautiful scriptures of the love of God. Meditate on his love. And it will, literally, your, your mind will be renewed and your heart will be renewed. And the light will turn up and the darkness slips away. Okay, those two out of three, the Holy Spirit, the power, the love of God, and the third one. God gives us soundness of mind, renewed by the word of God, and Jesus is the word made flesh. We're looking at the fullness of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the Father, and Jesus. So that word soundness of mind, I gave you the Greek uh, word, and I'm not sure how to pronounce it, sophrosnismos or something like that. It It has three distinct meanings. The first one is soundness of mind. The second one is moderation. And the third one is self-control. That's all good stuff to have. (laughs) Soundness of mind, moderation, self-control. God gives that to us. That's in us. That's part of the light. Would you turn with me to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. I want to show you this beautiful scripture that clearly portrays Jesus as being the Word of God made flesh. John 1, starting at the very beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, every time you see the word he or him, it's referring to Jesus. So at the beginning of the scripture, it talks about the Word. And then in the next sentence, it, it uses, instead of the, the, the name, the Word, It uses the pronoun he or him. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. Out of darkness and into the light. And the darkness did not comprehend it. And then if you go down to verse 14, the Bible says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus, Jesus is the word made flesh. Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. Another name for Jesus is the son of righteousness. And in that instance, it's spelled S-U-N. The Son, S-U-N, of righteousness. He is the light of the world. Let's look at Psalm 119, another scripture that talks about the light of the word. Psalm 119, that really long psalm in the middle of your Bible. Verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet 
and a light to my path. The word is light. We're talking about light extinguishing darkness. The word is light. Romans 12:2. We're going to look at two scriptures about the renewing of your mind. These are scriptures that we're reviewing, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but I just want to read them to show you the, the powerful, powerful, life-changing um, power of renewing your mind with God's word. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So as we're talking today about extinguishing darkness with light, this is a huge way. Renewing your mind. Renewing your mind. Remember that word renewing means remodeling. But before you remodel, you have to do a demolition. And as we renew our mind, we become made new. We become transformed. Instead of being conformed into the mold of the world, we're transformed. We're changed into a new form. I have seen so many of you transformed. It is an honor. It is a joy. I can't even tell you how much I love seeing that transformation before my eyes. It comes with the renewing of your mind through the Word. Everything we share is the Word. It's Word-based. And that Word is transforming people in a huge way. We become renewed as we, as we encounter God in His Word, as we encounter Um, revelation through his word. And the next scripture is another example of this. This is Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man. The old is gone. Your mind, because of your renewing of your mind, and you put on this new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Remember, soundness of mind also includes moderation and self-control. And with your renewing of your mind, that's, that is one of the amazing side effects or benefits The proximity, Pastor Dino always said this, and I loved it. He said, we don't have a sin problem. We have a proximity problem. As you come closer to God and his word and encountering his word, the sin issues aren't aren't issues anymore. They become non-issues. And you're you're filled with the the self-control, the discipline, and the moderation and the soundness of mind that comes through being renewed through the word of God. About a year ago, I'm just, just going to close now. About a year ago, I was uh, preparing a message. And um, God um, prompted me to look up the meaning of my name. And um, my name, as you know, is Cindy. And uh, it's one of those names. <laughs> I, I've said this to you before, so I'll say it again. My name is Cindy Lou, my whole name. Cindy Lou Cox. And when my mom used to be Cindy Lou Johnston, and when I was uh, little, and when I grew up, it was like, oh, 
Mom, why did you? Yeah, it sounds, sounds like a little baby girl name, like Cindy Lou Who, you know, from the from the movie or whatever. And um, and I never liked it. And I never tell people my middle name. I'm Cindy L. Cox, because that Cindy Lou thing is just too baby baby girlish. But anyway, I looked at my name, and the name Cindy, not Cynthia, but Cindy, means bringer of light. And when I sat in front of my computer and I looked that up and I found that. I, I discovered that I was overwhelmed. I was absolutely overwhelmed. I literally sat in front of my computer crying. It was it was a prophetic word. My mom and dad named me that, and it, I was called. I've been called Cindy for 56 years, and that name has absolutely come to pass because that's what I do with all my heart every day. I bring the light. Of, of the gospel, the light of Jesus to people all the time. What a treasure. But that's in all of us, just like Jerry. We're all bringers of light. We are all carriers of light. As kids of God, he's given us everything we need. Power and love and soundness of mind. The fullness of the Trinity. And with the fullness of everything he's given us, we have it in us. That bright light that I envisioned when I was praying for that girl, that's in every one of us. That's who we are. That's who we are in Christ. We carry Christ. He's light. We carry the Holy Spirit. He's light. We carry the love of God. He's light. We carry it. So turn on the light and turn up the light and live it. Just like Jerry did. You don't have to do it intentionally. I mean, you can. I shouldn't say you don't have to. It's good to do it intentionally. But as you grow in your walk with God, it just is who you are. It's who you are. So right now I'm just going to pray a blessing over you, and then we're going to do that beautiful video, that Father's Love Letter video. So, Father, I just thank you. Oh, I thank you for all that you have just poured out through your word tonight. I thank you, Father God. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father God, for your love. And I thank you, Jesus, for the soundness of mind, for the renewing of our mind, for encountering life through the word, through your word made flesh. We just thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for what is in us, for who we are, light Carriers, light bringers, light reflectors. Thank you, Father. Bless us, Father God, to be even brighter, (laughs) to be even brighter, and to turn up the light and see darkness flee everywhere we go. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.